Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. On Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. Earlier today on the Mac and Bone Show. We are still alive, mathematically at least. Uh, Mac and Bone with you. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Thanks. I I thought you were just updating them on on y'all's status because uh, some people might be disappointed to hear that after uh, you hyped them up. Who are you talking about? You two. What did I do? I thought you were saying we you were just giving air? a wellness check that you two are still living and hosting <laughs> no, the radio show. No, really, it was just a play on the fact we were playing alive I, by Pearl Jam. I, That's really all I was I doing. I tell you, I make a bone with you here, I ladies and gentlemen. I am just taken aback. Normally, I don't deal with the Notre Dame fans a lot because, as I've said before, I did when I was way younger. Root for Notre Dame. I support Notre Dame and to a certain degree. I don't hate Notre Dame like Matt does. I am never really involved in a fracas with Notre Dame fans. Oh, my God, these people are not right. Go ahead. Go on a rant bone about how much of an elitist Roger they are, Roger the Irishman said that they're running back. Estimate, man. What do we hold call him now? Esteem. Who thought he was esteem? He said he's a top five player in the NFL draft. Where is that? He's a running back. Top five. Where is that? He Hartman's, th- Hartman's better than Leonard. Leonard actually right now, Mac, on the CBS mock draft, is listed number 16 overall as a player. Look at that. Yeah, he's a stud, man. They're both studs. They're both good quarterbacks. But, like, but I his, choose his, my stud over that stud. His whole thing, Bone, is that Notre Dame's going to route Duke. And I just, you haven't watched Duke this year. Like, if you think they're going to get routed by Notre Dame, I'm not saying Notre Dame can't win. But like, if you think this is a blowout, I, I would I would severely disagree. Duke looks the part. I agree with what Adam Gold was saying, Bone, which is you look at Duke, they got defensive line studs, Dwayne Carter and Franklin and those guys up front. You look at the secondary blades transfer from Miami. He mentioned an A&M transfer, too. Like, there's talent, man. There's also, talent. keep in mind, too, all the things you're mentioning are true. Duke's got a first-team All-American left tackle as well. Yeah. yeah. So, that so, dude's going to be a top... 10 draft choice, maybe? Absolutely. Potential first-round pick quarterback, like you said. Weapons to spread the ball around. Mike Elko's a great defensive coach. Like, this team is a, this is a serious football operation, man. And, and, their big, and their biggest test already, Labor Day night, they answered the bell. So it's not like they just played Lafayette, UConn, Northwestern, and then this is their first test. They passed their first test. They've aced that test. Notre Dame, Notre Dame, yeah, they've been good, no doubt. But Notre Dame, Duke's tested already, and they're rested. They've been resting starters now for a month. Beat Clemson by three tutties, and you're telling me they can't beat the Irish at home, man? That's crazy talk. Bone, come get some. Bone, I'm telling you, we deviling up, baby. We deviling yeah. up on Friday. Hell yeah, because when the Mac Man and the Bone Man team up, what you going <laughs> to— Oh, wait, I'm sorry, what'd you say? <laughs> We're teaming up, baby. I'm all over Duke in this game. 
Oh, we're teaming up. I love you. I you love this. Did. You want to team up? I want to throw up. <laughs> By the I, way, Flider, I didn't realize that I just I got so passionate that I I didn't realize I thought you, I thought you embraced here, me for here once. Go, here goes the rail rider. <laughs> there's, a, there's a wagon. There's a wagon on the run. And there goes Matt. Well, Bone, it's been a good start to the season. <laughs> you think it's over for him? By the way, Bone is going to run for 270. I just thought about something. <laughs> it's the Devils versus the Catholics. Amazing matchup. It's a rivalry as old as time. Oh, it is. Devils versus Cowboys. Oh, there's going to be a lot of angry religious folks in the stands <laughs> that night. All right, let's get into the national picture because I love that there's going to be so many big games involving ACC teams, including Duke and, and Notre Dame. I freaking love this ACC season. We talked about it yesterday, how wide open it feels. But how about how wide open it feels nationally? I was reading an article in The Athletic about this, and it's just like we're going to try to pick – the playoff four, because I already have two playoff teams that have already lost, Bone. Um, uh, but in Clemson and LSU, one of them lost twice already. But we're going to try to pick like our playoff four. I would ask y'all to send in, like, what's your best guess for the four playoff teams? But really, this is just to illustrate how wide open it feels. It feels so different than what it felt like when it was Clemson, Bama, Ohio State, and either Oklahoma or Georgia. You know what I mean? Like, it just, it, it feels so different now, and I love it. And then we got the 12-teamer coming next year, too. Wh where do you start, Bone? Like, trying to put your playoff four together. Because it's hard to figure some of these conferences out. Um, some of these conferences are loaded. Like, wh where do and you... And again, the, the number one team, Georgia, you know, they didn't... <laughs> They've only had one game of note, Mac. It was against South Carolina. They did not play well for half. They, they, they played Georgia football for half. So while I think Georgia still is a playoff team because the SEC is down, I don't know if Georgia's at the level. But, again, it's hard to tell right now because they haven't really had a whole lot of games they were tested in. And the one game they were – they only played for a half, basically. Their much talked about schedule allows them, though, to keep improving yeah. each week so I, and not really take an L. I, I would start by putting Georgia in. I do think LSU, although Arkansas lit that defense up, but I do think LSU is their biggest test. I don't think, and I say this as someone who told you to, to complete opposite in the summer, <laughs> I don't think Brian Kelly's squad is there yet. So I, I think Georgia's where I start. Georgia, I put them in. I, I agree with McElroy to a certain point. Greg McElroy said yesterday, Matt, that he thinks the best team in America right now is Texas. He thinks Texas is the best team. I will put Texas in the playoff. Here's why. When you analyze the rest of the contenders, there's going to be a lot of teams that play each other in there, and there's going to be a lot, a lot yeah. of knocking oh, yeah. out. Look at the Big Ten. You've got Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. They're gonna all. There's gonna be losses, but then you look at the bottom of this top ten: Washington, Southern Southern Cal, Oregon, Utah. They're all really good, but which one comes out of that? I don't know. Do they have one loss? Do they have two losses? I think Washington is still the best of that lot for right now, but they play Oregon in two weeks. The Big Ten and the Pac-12 have so many teams involved. There's not as many SEC as normal, point. and the Big Twelve. Uh, Texas, who's Oklahoma's there, but I don't. To me, Texas has a clear path to get to the final. No, that's four a great year. point. That's a great point. They they do. That's a good way of putting it. Because the Pac-12, you just think 
Every, I think they're so good this year where I think a one-loss champion would get in, though. Yeah. Because we like people, it's funny, it took the last year of the conference for everybody to respect it nationally. But I think we do respect whoever survives that gauntlet with all the great quarterbacks is probably going to go. I don't go. think Georgia and Texas have the clutter of that many no. matchups around them. And then so, there's Florida State in the mix, too, we got to talk about. Yeah, Florida State. Yeah, that's true, too. Some people think they have an easy path. I think nationally, some people think they have an easy path. I guess I would go so so let's say we go paths of least resistance and include Florida State. So we think so Georgia, Georgia Te- Texas, Florida State. But th- but then that but means that's, so th- th- that's that? leaving out the four big twelve teams in the top ten and the three pa- uh three pa- excuse me, the four pack twelve teams and the three big ten teams. Big ten's getting somebody. Big ten's in. definitely getting well, their Michigan, champion. Michigan, Ohio State, big, Penn State. Big Ten's getting their champion. If the Pac-12 doesn't get a team in, like, I never say anything good about the Pac-12. I have never stood up. I've laughed at their demise like the cruel human being that I am, Bone. I have tried to send Stanford and Cal back, and it's not working. I've tried to return hit return to sender. But with all that said, Flound, could they leave the Pac-12 champ out? Like, even if they have one loss, that conference is so loaded this year. Oh, like, and you would feel like they would do it just because they would say, well, you're not going to be a conference moving forward, so how much does it really hurt you? I think, cold, man. I think what will happen is uh, there's a chance that they could really all just kill each other to the point where there's nobody that gets in. Um because, yeah, I mean, the Big Ten East, I know the Big Ten East will beat up on each other potentially, but you feel like whoever wins that conference. Yeah, they'll, they'll they'll be in. I think with the Pac-12, you're just you're hoping that Florida State loses a yeah. couple of games along the way and oh. that you can be secure in knowing, hey, we'll be in because those teams are going to be much more battle tested like they are going to have so many more significant wins on the schedule, even than the ACC. ACC's better, but not better in the past. They have to hope that Texas gets beat along the way, whether it be Oklahoma, because with the Big Ten amount of teams, Pac-12 amount of teams, does a one-loss Big 12 team still get in with all those teams? They have to hope that one of those teams has a loss and gets knocked out of this The Pac-12, yeah, you're right. Texas and I think FSU, too. Yes, I think they're going to want one-win champions in the ACC and Big 12. And then their argument is our one-win champion played one-loss champion. Or one-loss, whatever no, I'm trying. One-win one win champion would be hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, that's dumb. Um, our one-loss champion played, like Flounder's saying, a tougher schedule. So you're right. They're rooting against Texas. They're probably rooting against FSU as well out there. And I'm going to tell you, FSU is definitely – the better chance to lose. This is this is Texas schedule the rest of the way. Of course, they got the neutral side game against Oklahoma. Their home games are against Kansas ranked, Kansas State, who could potentially be ranked, BYU and Texas Tech. That might be the best teams left on their schedule. I mean, I guess you don't really know about TCU. Their road games that they have remaining are at Houston, at TCU, at Iowa State. Where where is Texas losing if it's good, not the Red Bone, River that's rivalry? A, that's a good call. You said McElroy had he does, that's that's a good call on Texas. They they appear the least tested of the great teams. Like I know I know everybody bags on Georgia's schedule this year. I mean, it, it, yes, there will be. It, I mean, Texas it, will be the least tested in the conference. They'll be the least tested yeah, yeah. in their conference. People bag on Georgia's schedule, but at least their conference championship game. I think LSU is a legit yeah. foe if they play them, or if Bama's defense is good enough to overcome their offensive issues. Also, a big factor here with Texas and what we're talking about, they got to be mentioned. What do we make Oklahoma right now? 
Like they're undefeated. Gabriel has been absolutely. They haven't played a great schedule, but Gabriel has been off the charts. It feels like Venables. I thought he might be in trouble. He's got him playing defense. That's one to monitor. Past the top ten, yeah, could OU. they beat Texas? I will say they've had two weird offensive performances where they put up a lot of yards. They did it against SMU, and then they did it the other day against Cincinnati. Cincinnati. They scored twenty points. They could never put them away. Like yeah. they were dominating them, but they could never put them away. I just, I mean, Texas. I think they're feeling themselves right now a little bit. I, I agree with Greg McElroy. I think that's the best team that's in. I think two best teams right now in the country. I think are Texas and Washington. Washington looks great. Washington is outstanding. Holy crap, that offense, man. They're explosive. But they're going to get tested. Like, is there... What's their biggest test so far? Washington. Like, I know they're putting up video game Uh, numbers, and Penix could be It's it's Oregon coming up. They have not... But I'm saying, so so far, they haven't really been tested. Yeah, I mean, what, Michigan State? Technically, Oregon, because of how much better they are than Colorado, hasn't either. That That was a big game, but that... That's not one of the better teams in the Pac-12. I will say this about their schedule. So looking at it, at USC is clearly the toughest game they have. But I think outside of USC, they get the three other best teams outside of themselves in USC. They get the three other best teams in the Pac-12 at home. Oregon's at home. Utah's at home. Washington State's at home. That's big. I think they could go on the That's road big. and beat Oregon State. I really, I don't think yeah. Oregon State's yeah. that we good. Also I really to, we also have to at least mention Utah because their best player hasn't played yet this year in Cam Rising, and yet they they took care of Florida at home, pretty dominant fashion. And I don't think Florida's as bad as we thought they were. Florida goes and beats Tennessee at home, yeah. so I think they're going to get knocked off along the way. But Utah's a different team. Then Washington, then Oregon. They're a defensive team. They're a grinded out team. Still got to mention Utah right now, though. They're they're always in the mix. Yeah, if they ever get rising back too, maybe that you know maybe that 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 will give yeah. a boost on the offensive side. Mike, I have an update you, on Irish uh, Roger the Irishman, who's just going in on Duke. That keep it within two touchdowns. Notre Dame's putting up a fifty burger. I said, oh, okay, Roger, why don't you bet on it? If it's this big blowout, this huge blowout for Notre Dame, give me plus twenty one or plus twenty five. He would not take that bet. Oh, what a weenie. Chicken. He does not not bet. He said Duke has no chance. He will not bet. If it's a big, fat Irish weenie. Roger Roger the Irishman. If it's a big blowout, Notre Dame's putting 50. Estimates a top five player in America. Why don't you be a man? Be an Irishman and bet on it. That's sad. That is sad right there, man. I'm 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 offended on behalf of all Irishmen. I'm offended right now by this guy. Why don't Step you, why up don't and you be, back up your talk, bro? Why don't you bet for him then, huh? Well, I'm on your side, though. I think Duke's winning the game. I'm oh, on God, your side, man. A <laughs> uh, couple of things I'm noticing on the text line here. 704-570-9610. This, it is exciting to hear that this many teams have have chances um uh, this is what college football need I, I agree it really is it's 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 different it's fresh it's cool it really is it either has me enjoying like the pac-12 uh the pac-12 and the acc kind of rising up and improving this year when they've been kind of maligned yep. uh is kind of cool this texture says if you guys believe that a florida state team or any acc champ can win one game and not make the playoff. If that is true, I'm irate at the end of the season as an ACC fan. I, I'd be worried. I don't know if Florida State has that room for error. They do, now, they do have a big LSU win. 
And it say Clemson, like it depends Clemson, on how they play the rest of the yeah, way. Too. LSU and Clemson the rest of the way. They got to play really good football to help Florida State schedule. But like the scenario we were presenting earlier, like George, what if Georgia goes unbeaten, Texas goes unbeaten, the Big Ten's getting their champ in, right? Whichever yes. one from the East it is, and then it's one loss. Say it's a one loss Florida State champion. And and a one loss Pac twelve no chance no chance the Pac twelve well, the Pac twelve's gonna get it in I think you yeah you would th- you would think I I think if they're gonna lose a game Florida State it's gonna be about timing there's so many factors that go into it it's timing it's who you get beat by and it's how you get beat like the easiest thing they have to run the table like why would you even put that at risk but like i'm going to tell you right now if they lose somewhere late in the season especially if they lose, if they lose in the title Charlotte, yeah, yeah, yeah. no chance That's absolutely no chance they make it now in now if they were to lose to duke cuz i see a lot of people saying i shouldn't say a lot but i've seen at least 3 people Doesn't say it depend Florida on, state loses to duke what did depend and on and then they, they rally and win the title that would probably be their chance. best chance as a yeah. one loss doesn't it team. depend on who they would also play in the title game if yeah. that if that's a top could be and team in the because the Pac-12 title game is going to be they top, don't have divisions anymore. No, right? it's just top two. So top it's, two, it's going yeah. to be a top ten matchup. So isn't Florida it? State, are they going to play a um, a Duke that's eleven, a Carolina that's twelve, Miami? Yeah. How is, high can or is, or is it going to be one of those things where everyone got beat and they got kicked out of the top twenty-five and it's just Florida State playing someone not ranked? Now, what do you I think? There are people asking on the text line about the other ACC teams. Like, there's no clearly there's no margin for error. I think for those teams, like they got to run the table and go undefeated. But do you believe yeah. there's any chance that any of those teams have a shot at that? I like Duke a lot. Could Duke win in Florida State? See, Flounder, this is a nightmare because I have to deal with Mac now from the end of September all the way until hopefully the first week. Let's ride, Boney. I've got Let's this. Let's ride together, I've baby. I've got this man riding the rails now oh, for a while. I love that team Shire put together too. Now that you mention it, oh, Boney, let's put on our blue dresses, baby. Let's put them on. Um, we are. If, if I have to hear you sing "Devil in a Blue Dress," <laughs> James from Maiden, you've been texting angry rants all morning. You gonna embrace me, baby? If I support Duke football and basketball for the next few months. Because I feel good about the talent level on both sides. Come a, on, Duke fans. Wait a second. You requested something, Bonnie? Oh, devil no. in a blue dress. Oh, no. Blue dress out. Devil with a blue dress out. That, you know when that was? He was actually. That, that was <laughs> him. Was that? Uh, he, he had picked. That was one of the Carolina games. In I basketball. believe that he was the, that. before the disaster of 2022, I believe. Yeah, and Bone got mad at you. And so you just. Uh, that, that, was, that was hate singing right there. Right at Bone. Oh, is yeah. that what happened? Oh, yes. I was yes. mad yes. that he yes. tried to. Oh, okay, okay. But I feel like Bone. I feel like you're accepting me now, though. No? What am I supposed to do? There's not like a repellent of this. No matter what I say, you're gonna latch on here. <laughs> this dude says, "Did you draw a heart in my basketball magazine around Jeremy Roach's face?" Yeah, baby, let's do it. Let's get it. <laughs> um, this texter, this texter says, <laughs> this texter says, uh, "Bone, I know the feeling." The way your heart sinks when Mac tells you he's backing your team for success in a given season or the rest of the season, it's literally like getting a rash. <laughs> it's like getting something at Myrtle Beach you can't shake off for the rest of your life. You get stung by a jellyfish in the ocean. You get oh, stung Mackie by fish. Mac. I'm going to put out a, uh, a tweet here at T1WFNZ that's sort of like how I feel when Mac is on my side. Remember in Titanic when Jack is going under the water and he's drowning? That's how I feel right now. I'm going under the water, and no one can save me right now. <laughs> T. Bizzles, a Florida State guy, says Duke ain't beating us at Doke. No way in uh, hell. I didn't say I was I picking don't think that. Duke, I, just I, think, I, don't th- I think you're going to. 
I think you're going to give everybody a game, no matter where the game's played. No matter and for played. Duke, it's they're they're going to get a loss in the ACC, likely somewhere along the way. Can they avoid getting two losses? We talked about their road games, FSU. UNC, there's other ones on there. Can they can they win a couple of those and only have one? I think that's going to be the key for all those teams is to not get that second loss and kind of take yourself out of play. One loss, it will be tough, but we'll see how the rest of it plays out. You get two losses in that group? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the mix, right? How amazing is this college football season? And, and listen, I get it if you're like a Clemson fan or maybe a Bama fan. Maybe you're thinking, I've seen more amazing. But, like, this is just so much fun, whether it's the ACC race, whether it's the way this national playoff picture shapes up. I, could they move some of the college football games this season to Sunday's bone? Because I like Saturday is like <laughs> Saturday is so much fun for me. My Nittany Lions are pretty good. I'm still not like calling out Ohio State or Michigan or anything like that. But like, can we move some Saturday football to Sunday to cover up the Panther stink? Maybe I don't think that's, I don't think that's possible. I'm gonna work on that. Uh, you, 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 you do that. <laughs> you do that, Duke Mac. Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from six to ten. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show. the text line on fire before we went to break because we got some funny ones from everybody texting in at 704-570-9610. Panther Wes, a different Wes. A Panther fan, Wes. Now that that's his burner. Yeah, you're right. He's texting the text line because he is he is a closet Panther fan. He did leave the studio for a little while. Yeah. And then this text came in. Listen, this is I don't this, think that's a coincidence. Yeah, man. <laughs> this is the world uh that we live in, man. I mean, we start to look ahead all the time. And so it's a conversation that will come up. If they get to 0-6 and things aren't looking how they need to look, it's going to be things that are to be had. And you're talking about, I mean, this isn't just a two-quarterback, three-quarterback class. Whether or not Shador comes out, we'll see. We know what Dion said as far as dad laying down the law. But, uh, I mean, this is a different type of class. And so when you talk about what you could potentially find or – Go ahead. Well, no, I didn't mean to cut you off. Just I don't, those QBs aren't going to be possible, even if you really wanted 
a hell-bent conversation on this. Those guys aren't going to be possible. Because you're, you're not going to be able to trade up unless you get rid of the farm because you hate Bryce Young that much. And I just can't see a world where you hate Bryce and the way that he's played that much to where you're getting rid of, you know, Brian Burns and everybody to go up and get that QB. I mean, the only way to, that it might happen is if, uh, let's say the Houston Texans don't win another game. You got your one. Mm-hmm. They don't win another one. They got C.J. Stroud. They're rolling with him. I mean, maybe, but they're not going to trade it to Carolina. And so I, that was my point. The, the text here, real quickly, Panther West, your burner, said, holy bleep, <laughs> he's only played two games, and you won a second rounder. Spence said, Wes already over here talking about replacing Bryce. I almost spit out my coffee, LOL. <laughs> Horse show dad or J-Bo. He said, ah, the life of a Panther fan in week four. We're already <laughs> talking about the draft. And then here we go. Panther Bo, last one, said, can't wait for us to develop Bryce so we can trade him for a first round pick. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, <laughs> the Panthers do have their own second round pick this year. So if you're sitting there with the first pick, let's just dream a little bit. Let's and see. Texans don't have a first anyways. Yeah. Let's just say you have the first or the second pick of the second round. I mean, who are you going to get? Michael Penix could be sitting there, but probably not. Could be. Could be. There's always somebody that falls. Quinn Ewers. I mean, a Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy. I mean, they're different guys. Riley Leonard. If you want to set up camp here, can we talk about the ineptitude of this organization if they draft a quarterback at the beginning of the second round after trading up to go get a first quarterback and then deciding that he wasn't it? Well, hell, Washington did it in the same draft before. Well, that's true, but they didn't, not after they, well, I guess they traded up to go get RG3, and then they had their insurance policy then, mm-hmm. but it wasn't a year after, mm-hmm. right? They just drafted Kirk Cousins then, and we could see, okay, they're just drafting a QB to possibly be a backup. Mm-hmm. And and if, if, if that were to happen, wouldn't that mean that Scott Fitter is no longer the GM? Like, There's no way the next year he's drafting another quarterback. That has to be new GM in place that doesn't love Bryce. It has to go get his guy because he knows... If he misses, he's out of a job. Well, and if you don't use your highest pick to help your first overall quarterback that you selected, and instead you're using your highest pick to get a different quarterback, <laughs> that is not going to help Bryce Young. In fact, it's the only way that it would help him is if you really believe in good old-fashioned competition. Hey, Bryce, we brought in another guy. We think this will amp up your play and therefore make our team better. So maybe we need to quit the Andy Dalton to the Jets trade and just try to force Bryce Young to the Jets because they might give you a first-round pick. Yeah, I definitely have the text line on fire. I mean, people take everything so literal, like Cacalac says, I'm trying to light the fuse. I need people to get like a rod and relax. People acting like they thought we were going to be contending with all of the hands uh, being changed. But then NW is like, Bo Nix, are you kidding me? I'm not saying that I think Bo Nix is a great player. I'm not saying I think he's going to be a great pro. I'm just throwing out guys that are considered top prospects at this point. And you never know what these NFL teams like. But let's not act like this is a real conversation that happens. And I'm just and, – and the, the, the fact is they missed the whole hypothetical part of this. I said if you start 0-6 – and Bryce looks And average. you had a first round. Like, there are so many monster caveats. Yeah, that didn't make this a mood point, to be honest. Yeah, I'm just like, God, if you go 0-6, if he looks average, do you? I said, do you start to 
lament the fact that you don't have a first round and that you couldn't do it? Or if you're sitting at the top of the second round, is it something you would dare to have a thought about? Not to do, <laughs> but to have a thought about out there. People, listen. I, I like I like that Wes wanted to dip his toe in the water <laughs> and the sharks immediately bit his toe off. Yeah, it's like, dang, guys, like, listen to what I'm saying here. I'm you just, can't you can't ever be 10 yeah, toes down Yeah, we always anymore. say alternate situation, alternate universe here. That's all we're saying here. But I like it, though. I mean, I like to set it off. All right, so Wes dipped his toe in the water. His whole foot got bit off. He can never be 10 toes down ever again. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about how the Panthers should invest in the future. Because I'm looking at the defensive side more so. Those are the more interesting questions, in my opinion, right? Sure. So, And it's not because you know we know the offense is bad. I'm just talking about re-signing players. If you want to re-sign a guy, it means that they did something worth your time after this initial contract is up. So Derek Brown... That's not changing. I think you want Derek Brown pretty badly on this squad. Once it gets time to negotiating with him, hopefully it doesn't happen like it did with Brian Burns, and you just lock him up. That guy is answering all of the questions that we had about whether he could capitalize off of his breakout season last year. He's been playing very well at the beginning of this season. You still want to invest in Derek Brown. But everybody else, you're not so sure about. So let's have this combo. Let's talk about Brian Burns real quickly here, I was Wes. I to say, you love B. Burns out. Well, let's no, talk about it. Well, no, it's it's just whether you think things should change on how they should invest in him. Mm-hmm. Because we all thought that they should have paid him already. Mm-hmm. All right. $30 million, $28 million, Maybe you think not even that much, whatever, right? But most of the fan base, I think, wanted the Panthers to pay Brian Burns something close to $30 million and have this thing done with. But now that they've had the start that they are on right now, 0-3, if they lose against Minnesota, it looks like you're going to go 0-6 before you have a game against Houston, you know, close to the midway point of the season, and you're still looking for your first victory. Are we getting to the point now, Wes, where it's a fair question to ask, should they just trade Brian Burns for something hopefully of similar value, a couple first-round picks, a second-round pick? Is that something that should be more on the table because they didn't sign Brian Burns initially and they're winless this deep into the season? I can see it being a thought. Uh, If you're at a point, like I said, where the record looks bad, you're at two wins, three wins for the season. And you have many holes to fill and you feel like, okay, why would we pay this guy this much money? We're not getting much with him. Well, we could just start over because that's basically where we're at right now. And I'm thinking if like you're the Carolina GM and you're just saying this is where we're at right now. We're rock bottom pretty much with these guys on the team. And you know the phrase, I can do bad all by myself. So if you sit there and say that and then you're like, all right, man. If we can trade Brian Burns and get a one and a two or maybe two ones, because let's say he comes out and has a great season, 15-plus sacks, and you say, all right, we can get two ones or one and a two form with all the things that we need to fill this year, especially you're talking about possible revamping of the offensive line. I think it's something to be entertained, and I think that if you got another offer for two first-rounders, I like Brian Burns. I think he's progressing. I definitely still think he's going to get his money wherever he goes. Like, to me, that's not a question at all, whether he gets it in Carolina or somewhere else. But I think if you're the Panthers at this point with the start that you've had and with the way the season could go, if you get offered two first-round picks, I think at this point you got to jump on it. The question would then become, though, why didn't you do this last year? Because you didn't foresee this coming. Well, But that's on the Panthers. Yeah. That's why we have been criticizing the Panthers. Because we knew Nick Bosa was going to be in line to make the most amount of money from any edge rusher ever. 
and be the second highest paid defensive player outside of Aaron Donald. I mean, he might even have more. It's similar. It's, you know, whatever. We knew Nick Bosa was about to get paid, just like we know Micah Parsons is about to get paid. Mm-hmm. And so if the reports are true that the Panthers came in at around $23 million annually, did anybody think that he would sign that? Like, seriously, you, you could argue all you want to that you don't think Brian Burns is worth $28 million or around that area. You could argue that. That's fine. The question I ask is, did you really think Brian Burns was ever going to agree to $23 million annually? Because I felt damn good about him saying no to that offer. Yeah. Right? Like, you got to get at least to, what, 25? And so the fact, this is why we criticize the organization, is because it felt easy for us to see. So why wasn't easy? Why wasn't it easy enough for them to see it and then get something done? Okay, so now you you don't take care of it. Then now the question just grows bigger and bigger and bigger because he's playing, he's betting on himself. One not to get injured, which you're going to have to fight that battle every single week. But the guy's producing. So what's good about this is okay, he's still holding value. I think you could still get the two first round picks in a second because whoever was trading for Brian Burns, unless you were going to do it on a rental, you were always going to agree to a contract with him. Very Bradley Chubb-esque, right? We saw it from Denver going to Miami. So we're going to see that with Brian. So at least to me, he's not losing any value because he's playing well. But it just seems like you could have done this at the beginning and then saved this whole, are we in a rebuild or not conversation? Because that would have indicated a rebuild. We're trading one of the best edge rushers in the NFL For picks, things that probably won't help us, definitely won't help us as much the next season, that's a straight-up rebuild. But this is the problem. It always felt half-hearted. We're going to try to thread the needle. We're going to try to win now. We can drop a quarterback onto this roster and feel very good about our chances to win a weak division. And now it feels like it's a little too late. And when you're a team that doesn't seem like it has a plan, that's when people start to question how good you are at your job. And so if you trade Brian Burns now, hey, it might be time. I'm not going to argue that it might just be the best answer. But it's admitting that you screwed up not trading him last year. Yeah, and, and I talk about this all the time, man, just in life. People who get put in these high positions that are supposed to be all-knowing, supposed to be experts, and they just make dumb decisions or decisions that just don't make a lot of sense to you at the time. Because like you said, we knew that it was coming up. They knew it was coming up. But I think sometimes people just try to see what they can get away with. And I think Carolina tried to look at it and say, all right, if we throw him this, we'll see what he says. And you know negotiations, especially when you're the, uh, person who's the one that's going to be offering up what's prized, and then you're definitely going to say, let's start low. And that's what the Panthers did, but it's come back and uh, bit him in the keister, so to speak, because now you're looking at paying him a, a large, large number, and it can only get worse the more that you wait. And so now they find themselves in a position where the season's not going as they thought it would, and Brian Burns' contract demands I'm pretty sure aren't going anywhere. He's playing good football this year. And so now you're just kind of stuck figuring out what you're going to do because you know the vultures are coming. As soon as the Panthers lose a couple of more games, if that is the case, then these teams are going to start sniffing around for what player can take them to the next level. And a lot of people are going to pinpoint Brian Burns as one of those players that they can bring that can put them over the top. So I think they could be faced with this situation again. We'll see what they do because – uh, at this point, if you're looking at a contender making the deal and you get a, let's just say you get a couple of first rounders or a one and a two, it's not probably going to be a high pick 
But uh, yeah, they 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 really should have seen this coming. Should have gotten it done earlier. But I guess things happen how they're supposed to, and they certainly, I'm sure, didn't see the season starting off the way that it has. Well, and some people are asking why you would trade Brian Burns now, right? Nine eight zero saying. It seems that the Panthers are not trying to pay for the players. That's why they're giving good players away. Kevin writes in on the text line, this makes no sense. You pray to get players in the draft like Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Brian Burns. What's the point of trading them all away? You'll be rebuilding forever. And that's the point against it. I mean, a good young defensive ed or a a defensive end edge Mm -hmm. rusher, they're hard to come by for sure. And when you get one and then you want to trade them away, I get why people would be really frustrated. I'd be frustrated. I really like Brian Burns. But now the offense is so bad, you invested a number one overall pick in a quarterback. And it's an offensive league. Well, and even if your goal becomes to put your quarterback in the best situation possible, and if you think trading Brian Burns away might just do that for you now, then I could see why the Carolina Panthers would entertain that. Speaking of entertaining some more conversations about the defensive side of the ball, as we talk about what you want to invest in, this start has has been really interesting to me because Brian Burns is still not, he's still not agreed to a contract. Derek Brown hasn't changed. You're still going to want to lock him up. J.C. Horn gets injured again and for a significant amount of time. The guy's a good player when he's on the field. But, man, when you get hurt for a third straight season with a significant injury, I think that one's going to be really hard to gauge what's going to happen with him. Because if it happens again, right, he'll have another year before, and it's all going to be, what have you done for me lately? If he's healthy next season and he balls, then that will change the calculus there. But trying to project what's going to happen with him, I don't know if you just don't bring him back and you wash your hands of an injury-riddled player and say, hey, maybe change the scenery, maybe it works out for you, good luck, we just got to invest in someone we can count on. I don't know if you do that. Or I don't know if the injuries actually have J.C. come at a discount to the point where it would be kind of dumb not to pay him top 15 money. I I don't know. I have no clue what kind of money he would get. That's the really hard part to, to answer. But will he come at a discount because of his injury history that you would be getting a discount for the quality of player he is on the field because of that. To, all right, if he, we'll sign him. We'll get him on a deal where if he's healthy, then it's going to be a really good contract in the NFL. That one's going to be fascinating to watch as his career goes on. Well, I think everything that you're saying, it just points towards, if these things come to light, a really kind of long rebuilding process because a lot of the guys that aren't panning out for Carolina right now with injuries or play are the guys at the premium positions that you thought that you had a guy there. You thought that you had uh, a premier corner in J.C. Horn. You thought that you had a premier young left tackle in Ike Aquanu. Uh, Bryce Young at quarterback, you think right now that you have that one covered, but wide receiver, still got to find that. May have to go find another left tackle. May have to go find another corner. Uh, Frankie Lou, we got to figure out if you're going to pay him if you do decide to pay Brian Burns, if you get rid of him, of course, that creates another hole. But it's like, OK, can you use Brian Burns to at least help you fill some of those gaps on offense? Uh, it's it's a lot of different ways to, to, to fill in the pieces here. And it just looks like if things don't start to improve a little bit, that, man, it, there's just a lot of retooling of this roster that's, that's going to be needed. And how do you do it? 
If you can hear Wes and Walker, live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to 3. Sit tight and stay locked, because Instant Replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show. Speaking of the latest and the biggest news in the uh, world of, of sports, you know, it's it's often Panthers and Hornets and things like that for us, but it's always college football. And with Clemson right down the road and one of the biggest out-of-state fan bases here in the Queen City, uh, they are always at the top of the news cycle. And we got a report from our good friend at the Charleston Post and Courier, Gene Sapikoff. Not that long ago that Clemson could be on the way out. I believe that dropped yesterday, if my timeline is correct. But uh, Gene Sapikoff, longtime columnist with the Charleston Post and Courier, good friend of the show, is back with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Gene, I was just at the grand opening of the ACC's new headquarters a couple of weeks ago. Are you telling me that could be all for naught here in, the co- in a couple of months? No, I think they've done a great job of backfilling the ACC with Stanford, Cal, and SMU. And Kyle, I can't. <laughs> I can't wait for those uh, neutral site Olympic sport activities uh, at a sound stage in Dallas that uh, Jim Phillips is planning. That should be fun. So you're saying that the, you know those schools can keep the lights on and the fancy new digs at Bank of America Tower down the street here. You're telling me that? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think it's been uh, fairly clear probably since about the summer of 2022 that some ACC schools, most notably Clemson, Florida State, and North Carolina, really, to me, jumping into it with that board of trustees blast at the Cal-Stanford-SMU edition on September 1st, the night before the official announcement. I mean, I think uh, it's just a matter of time, and my story in the Charleston Post and Courier was basically that Clemson people over the last couple weeks have been telling me some sort of move, at least regarding Clemson, is coming sooner than later and probably before the end of the 2023 calendar year. So is this, I mean, again, we're speculating, to, I guess, to this point, but is it a, an actual direct challenge of the grant of rights? Have they found a loophole? Is there? I mean, I'm sure they haven't told you explicitly what this is, but what do you suspect this is? You know, I respect all the great reporting that's been going on out there, but this idea that a grant of rights or any contract is ironclad is simply ridiculous. I mean, it's negotiable, and if 
several schools or even a few of your key members like, I don't know, Clemson, Florida State, North Carolina are upset with that grant of rights and are going to continue to say so, there's going to be some serious negotiating going on. Uh, No business can survive very long with a disgruntled membership that's going to express those concerns publicly. Makes sense. Gene Sapikoff, Charleston Post and Courier. He's with us here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. So who goes with them? I, I saw you list a couple of schools as possibilities, but we also know, as you pointed out a second ago, that for at least the last year, um, I mean, well, the Magnificent Seven was a thing. So at least a half a dozen schools in this conference have been looking into this. Who's most likely to go with Clemson if they kick that door open? Well, as far as my actual Journalism 101 reporting, I'm going to say that other than Clemson, I don't know exactly. I know Florida State badly wants to, and I know that North Carolina is the primary prize for both the Big Ten or the SEC and the primary prize for anybody except for Notre Dame out there because of the obvious reasons that I know you've discussed. Um, And so, um, yeah, I'm not really sure who goes with them, but I would guess that North Carolina, Florida State, Clemson, you know, are, are probably at the top. And then if Virginia's in there, maybe Miami, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to say, really. Yeah. Well, I mean, if if that if that pen gets pulled, I mean, does the ACC survive in anything more than name only? I mean, can it? What does that look like? It's not going to look nearly as bad as the Pac-12. That's again, they've already got three new members. They could get some more, and I don't think this is going to be the mass exodus some people may have suggested of seven or eight or something like that because of the Big Ten and the SEC simply. I, I just don't think are going to take that many schools. I could be wrong, and maybe you know the SEC State, takes two, and the Big Ten takes four, or something like that. But I, I think the ACC will exist beyond this. And you know what? With a 12-team playoff and a guaranteed automatic bid, and maybe a shot at one of those, you know, at large bids, I think they're going to be relatively fine. Well, okay, so you cover both Clemson and South Carolina, for those that don't know. You include in your story that you know University of South Carolina officials are, are actively trying to block Clemson to the SEC, which is A, expected, but B, might not mean anything if the other votes are still there. So then do, do you expect Clemson to the SEC, or is it possible they end up in the Big Ten? Uh, I think it's possible they end up in the Big Ten, and that they probably prefer to end up in the SEC, and what they hope to happen is some sort of courtship by one or the other that gives them an option. And the Big Ten option, Kyle, would be something that would be a southern tier of the Big Ten that would include three other schools from the SEC and that that would be palatable schedule-wise because you have Maryland, Penn State on the East Coast. Um, You know, that would be fine. But I think Clemson nation per se would prefer the SEC. However, I, I don't know exactly which conference in which situation the school itself prefers. I just know they prefer something other than the ACC. All right, let's talk Gamecocks for a couple of minutes here. Uh, how how important was that win over Mississippi State on Saturday to get them back to two and two after a couple of let's just say tumultuous weeks to start the season? 
it was huge because Kyle, now they're in good shape for, you know, a bowl game. I think if you look at the rest of the schedule, um, Tennessee is going to be tough because of the anger there among the Vols for after 63 to 35 last year in Columbia, but South Carolina got a little bit of a running game going with Mario Anderson to help Spencer Rattler. Who's just been sizzling. And this receiver, Xavier Leggett, six, three, two twenty seven, So fast. I mean, I think that guy's going to be not just an NFL player, but a pro bowl guy for the Game oh, I love him. We were just talking about him yesterday. I mean, not that it matters what happened last year, but I do remember there was a lot of folks that there were a lot of folks asking, you know, where Xavier Leggett was in stretches last year. I know he was a bit upset, but they're certainly, you know, utilizing him more. What have the returns been from your view on the Dow Loggins hire trying to improve the offense from last year to this year? Uh, really, it's still too hard to say because I just think the schedule has been so sort of extreme where you have Mississippi State and Furman on one end and then, you know, an opener at UNC and, and a tough game at Georgia. So I think the next three or four games will tell, but he has a very interestingly cool collaboration with Spencer Rattler in which he lets Rattler change more plays than most college quarterbacks get to do. So, so far, so good, I would say. Natives, uh, are the Natives still pretty happy with the job Shane Beamer's doing to this point? Oh, absolutely. And that scene at South Carolina on Saturday night against Mississippi State was just ridiculous. Uh, One recruit described it to um, somebody as a football game in the middle of a party and to have a sellout for Mississippi State, unusual for South Carolina. It was their SEC opener, but I, I think... Uh, the Shane train is still well on the tracks and, you know, he overachieved his first two years, Kyle, and we'll see if he could do that again. Yeah. I had some friends at that game on Saturday. They were just raving about the atmosphere, uh, raving about the atmosphere. Now, Saturday, this one's interesting, uh, because obviously you're facing a ranked opponent, big opportunity for South Carolina, but also suddenly South Carolina and Tennessee fans hate each other. I mean, just loathe each other after what happened last year. Uh, what are, how many fireworks are you expecting in this one? And what does the outcome look like? Yeah, I think there will be some emotion there. You know that Tennessee didn't like getting embarrassed like that. South Carolina's had trouble on defense. If that, if Tennessee can get off to a good start, it, it could be tough. And, uh, and it's probably going to be something where Spencer Rattler and company have to try to outscore Tennessee, which should be very entertaining for us watching and extremely frustrating for defensive coordinators. Yeah, no doubt about it. Gene Sapikoff, Charleston Post and Courier, one of the best in the business. He broke the news that uh, Clemson is is working its way out of the ACC. And again, Gene, just to reiterate for any of my five o'clockers that are jumping in, you think this could happen, you know, your sources indicate this could happen as soon as maybe the end of this football season, right? Yeah, that's what Clemson people are telling me, that Clemson is either going to make a move uh, and it's going to be an announcement that comes this year. I did add the caveat in my column that there's an outside chance they're trying to pressure the ACC here, but, I mean, these are pretty good sources. Do you get the sense that the Clemson fans, you talk to a lot of them, do you get the sense that Clemson fans want this? Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think they really do. I think they're ready to go, and they understand that being thirty million dollars a year in media rights money behind the Big Ten and the SEC, and that's just going to grow. That uh, that's just going to be not good going forward with recruiting, etc. Untenable. Thank you, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for having me, Kyle. You tuned into Instant Replay when the audio was so good it has to be heard again. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan.